0: What is up, everyone? Welcome to Cutback Colony. And of course, here, uh, this is going to be an exciting episode. We're going to be getting into some of the things that have been going on uh, around the Twitter with a lot of these media personnel people talking about Trey Lance, talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, and now even former coaches, potentially, Uh, maybe even Richard Sherman getting involved in the conversation. So we're going to get into some of that, as well as the fact that Um, You guys can ask anything you want in chat. I'll be more than happy to get into it. What's up, Paul? How's it going, Donald? Uh, Welcome to chat, guys. I'm really excited for this episode. So the first part of this is going to be about the ante up section because I want to ante up with this. I want to ante up with the conflicting reports about Trey Lance. You're hearing it from both sides mean to me that there is absolutely no truth to most of this. And then, in fact, the 49ers just don't leak. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. The 49ers don't leak. Uh, they don't make these kind of mistakes and errors. And so people reach out there and try to find things that potentially they can talk about. And right now, there's nothing more important to the San Francisco 49ers than the transition, apparently, from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance. And everyone knows this, and the media is really, really on this point. Uh, so... Right now, that is what is going on. And Lombardo, one of the reporters, he he was the one that really kicked this off talking about the 49ers were underwhelmed uh, with Trey Lance. They're underwhelmed with what he could provide and what he is doing currently. And a lot of it had to do with the arm strength and accuracy down the field. As somebody who saw Trey Lance in person at training camp, that was not something I walked away thinking, was that he struggled going down the field uh, with ball strength and accuracy, I thought he did that at a high level, in fact. I was, that was the one part of his game that stood out amongst everything else. So I, from my own personal experience, I know Alex would feel the same way. That was something we walked away from training camp saying Trey Lance was really good at. But I don't understand where these reports are coming from, and Chris Sims is kind of doubling down on that now and saying that that's just something that's an actual thing, that the 49ers are actually afraid of Trey Lance being their starting quarterback. It's it's definitely interesting for sure. Um, and yeah, Donald Johnson says Warner already said Trey was carving up the defense in practice. And the one thing I can say from my own personal experience being at training camp was the fact that Trey Lance operated very well in scripted sessions. Anytime it was scripted and he knew what he was supposed to do and knew what reads he was supposed to find, what the defense was going to be doing to him, he did fantastic. When it got to move the ball situations, when things Changed a little bit that's when his numbers fell to about 50 percent accuracy that's when he kind of struggled a little bit but he would still take the big shots and hit the big plays down the field and he did that consistently uh he, he made a lot of big plays every time we were there there was something big that was happening down the field for trey lance so i still question the report about his accuracy and the underwhelming part simply the underwhelming part it doesn't make any sense because We have seen the video coming from practice and the things that Trey Lance can do underwhelming would mean he failed to meet expectations with them keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. What could the expectations really be? The expectation wasn't that Trey Lance was going to come in and start. I think they would have loved that, Um, but that's not what it was about. It was about Trey Lance coming in, being the understudy for Jimmy Garoppolo developing so that way he could take over this team and then uh, take it to new heights and, and what is up, Labby? And what is up, P-Mer? Uh, welcome to chat. Uh, Paul Saunders says, he who uh, looked better at camp, Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, the fact is, number one, Jimmy Garoppolo traditionally looks bad at training camp. That's not something he does really well. Now, in scripted sessions, Trey Lance's athletic ability, mobility, and, and ability to get the ball to his playmakers uh, was on display, and he would look better than Jimmy Garoppolo in those moments. When you got to 11-on-11, move-the-ball situations, that's where Jimmy Garoppolo looked better than Trey Lance. But that is why you're hearing the reports that were coming out from training camp from reporters that it was a quarterback battle because if you're not paying attention to what session they're in, knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo is not looking as good as Trey in one of those sessions, you would automatically think it's pulling even. But the 11-on-11 move the ball when it's not scripted, when down and distance change and you've got to be able to run different plays, locate your playmakers, and adjust to what the defense is doing is more impactful. And having Jimmy Garoppolo having a mastery of the offense, being able to switch in and out of plays, in and out of protections, was on display. So Jimmy Garoppolo did look better than Trey Lance in those type of settings. Trey Lance was absolutely better than Jimmy Garoppolo in red zone situations. Uh, Trey Lance looked great. The fear of him running the football gave the defense for the 49ers absolute fits. Every time he rolled out, they had to commit a defender to him and he was finding receivers in the back of the end zone. He was running the ball in. Uh, It was, it was on full display there. So those were things that we saw firsthand at training camp was Trey Lance's ability to create and not always just with his legs, but with his arm as well. But when it came to play in play out in certain situations, Jimmy was better. And that's where you understood that potentially Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback. And that's why every time we walked away from training camp, every day that we went, I said, you know what? Jimmy's going to be the starting quarterback this year. But when Trey figures out how this offense is going to work for him and work uh, in ten, you know, with, with the way the receivers operate and where they're going to be against certain defensive sets, um, he's going to elevate it. So I think that is something that we knew was going to come. Uh, and I think that that is what's coming right now. I think that the emergence of Trey Lance is coming right now. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But we've got all kinds of media people coming out and having their say now on Trey Lance, uh, including Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth coming out and saying he expects Jimmy Garoppolo to be a starting quarterback for the 49ers this season. Uh, I did not expect to hear this statement. I thought that potentially, you know, you I, I've heard Richard Sherman come out and say he expects Jimmy Garoppolo to be with the team for training camp. I think that is a more realistic statement Uh, to say that Jimmy Garoppolo could be with this roster in training camp is completely believable. What's not believable, I think, at this point, um, just with all the talk about how John Lynch has even came on KNBR and said they were close to trading Jimmy Garoppolo. If they had the hesitations about Trey Lance that everyone is making it out to be, why would they trade Jimmy Garoppolo? They wouldn't, right? They proved it last year. They were willing to roll with Jimmy Garoppolo with Trey being the understudy. And I think that they're proving that they want to win football games all the while developing a young rookie that can take them to new heights. So I think that right now, this is just a lot of conversation that's being made by the media because it's an easy target. And it seems like that's how it's went through the offseason. It was Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. And then it went Debo Samuel. Had all the conversation about Debo Samuel. And now it's back because the draft is over to Trey Lance, And to Jimmy Garoppolo, Paul Sanders says, could Shanahan have skewed the play calls in practice to make Jimmy look better? Not because he's evil, but because he knew Lance needed a year to mature. So he could be the best football player. He could. I mean, if, if Jimmy, if uh, Kyle Shanahan really wanted to do that, he absolutely could. Um, But I think that when it comes down to it, he's calling plays that he expects to work. And when I was watching Trey Lance operate, there were just times he was maybe a little late times he maybe didn't recognize what matchup he should go to times. He didn't recognize maybe where the blitz was coming from. Uh, there were just certain things like that that made me think, okay, Trey's a step behind right now in picking up this offense. We had all the conversations coming out of OTAs, you know, in mini camps that Trey Lance had picked up the offense, but what he'd actually picked up was the offensive install. Uh, and, and that's, that's great. I mean, that's good for a rookie. That's what you're, that's what you're trying to do. Pick up that install. You're installing all that into o- OTAs and in mini camp. And then when you come into training camp, you do it all over again. Uh, it is the way that the, the, the team really gets you to understand what the offense you know is about. And you're learning the base offense. What happens is you have so many things that go along with that though. So you learn the offense and he, he could have had it all down as far as the base. But when you get into those situations and all of a sudden you start seeing people moving around on defense and they start giving you different looks, then you have to have an understanding of, okay, here's my first read. Here's my second read. Here's my third read. And that's very hard for a rookie who's learning a new offense to be able to do Uh, extreme skill set aside. Like that's just a really hard thing to do. Um, So I think that he's going to continue to work on that. And I think that's where I expect the development to happen. Now that he understands this playbook, he's going to understand scheme. And I think that's why Brian Greasy is very important for him because Brian Greasy knows how to go from read one to read two to read three. And somebody that's played the position that will understand the way that teams are attacking Kyle Shanahan's defense or offense right now. Um, You know, the way that they're putting a safety, you know, in that intermediate area and trying to take it away with what's called a robber. Uh so there's that. And we got KDR collectible saying, sorry to hear about the Ray Ray McLeod news. If you did not hear, they did release some of the jersey numbers. We can go over a little bit of that. And one thing that we learned is that as of right now, my number 14 jersey is not a Ray Ray McLeod jersey. Uh wow, that was that was that was heartbreaking for me. What it ends up being is it ends up being nothing right now. There's no 14. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm a Ray worshing jersey as it would as Ray Ray McLeod takes jersey number three. Um, the one thing I did see was Charverius Ward jumping to number thirty five again, meaning Jason Wright's going to wear number two. Um, so I thought those were kind of some notable things as jersey numbers start to get out there. Of course, we don't know what the rookies' numbers are going to be uh, and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, this is this is one of those things that's been it's been fun so far. We'll we'll see what happens uh, as we continue to go through all these things that are happening during the off season, because the 49ers offseason just never seems to sleep. Uh, it's just something that doesn't. So that's why I said we're, we're just keeping rolling with the 49ers offseason. Uh, and that's how it's going to that's how it's going to continue, I think. So um, 49ers offseason never sleeps and, and neither do we hear the 49ers cutback uh, as we're rolling through this. Um, and what is up to everyone in chat? K of course, jumping in. Donald in, uh, and Donald said the Niners wouldn't have even attempted to trade Jimmy G if they under if trade underwhelmed, and they wouldn't even think about switching during the season when the Niners were losing. Uh, that that's the truth, you know. What I mean, I, I think that there is something to that. There's something to that belief, and if they were really really looking to go ahead and and move on uh, from Jimmy Garoppolo, then they definitely, you know, w- I mean, then they definitely would have just. Uh, already done it. You know what I mean? I think they really were. Um, I think they are going to move on from him. They're just waiting for the right deal. What's up, Bomber? Welcome to chat. Um, they're right, waiting for the right deal. I think they thought they were going to have that deal in place. So all this conversation would be over. Trey Lance would be the guy. However, that has not happened. They were not, they were not able to get, you know, the the deal that they wanted for Jimmy Garoppolo, something that they felt was necessary. And I, I think that's something that, you know, continues to be in in a storyline of the offseason is what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. There are people that believe he's going to get cut. There are people like Chris Collinsworth that believe he's going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. People like Richard Sherman who believe he's going to be in training camp. Do we really know where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be? I don't know. Um, I, I, I was one of those ones that fully believed that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to get moved before free agent period started. Because if he would have got moved, you had that money to play with the 49ers didn't get that deal of course the shoulder surgery really played into that but the 49ers weren't able to move on from him weren't able to get the the type of you know deal that they wanted and you know these teams looked at it and said you know what I need to push pause on getting Jimmy Garoppolo because whenever somebody has shoulder surgery there's no guarantees they're going to come back better and you know than ever uh as somebody that's you know, had bad shoulders for a while. Shoulder surgery should always be avoided if possible. They have tried to avoid it. It didn't work. The timing was bad for the 49ers. Paul Sunder says if we do cut him and he, uh, he has to pass a last, uh, it has to be a last minute so the gum-chewing guy from the North doesn't take him and try to learn our secrets. There, I'm sure there is some, something to that. Um, they probably don't want Jimmy Garoppolo to end up in certain locations, I think that's entirely accurate, and I don't think they want to cut him, especially now with the fact that he can't, you know, pass a physical. If he can't pass a physical, you're going to end up potentially losing eight million dollars. You for sure miss lose eight million dollars this year. You wouldn't get it back until 2023. If he signed with somebody for over that, uh, then you would get that money back in 2023. They don't want that to happen, but also I think they would like to be able to guide where Jimmy Garoppolo goes, and if you could decide Jimmy Garoppolo is headed to Carolina or headed to the New York Giants. Um, particularly, those would be better locations than him ending up in Seattle with Pete Carroll because Seattle with Drew Locke, um, I, to me, that doesn't scare me. I don't know about any other 49er fans, but I love that Drew Locke's going to be the quarterback. Uh, that, that's that's a, a far cry from what we were dealing with you know, week in and week out de- going against uh, Russell Wilson. So I think that that's a major step back and Jimmy Garoppolo would definitely make their team better, and Pete Carroll is that guy. Um, he would definitely sign Jimmy Garoppolo and make a quarterback competition up in Seattle. He, he would run that system well because Pete Carroll's putting an emphasis on running the football and playing defense, so Jimmy Garoppolo would be a definite bridge guy that they could, they could use in their system. So I think that is something the 49ers definitely take into account, making sure Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't end up in a situation that comes back to bite them in the butt. Um, so they're they're being real strategic. They're being smart. They're thinking about this. And right now they're not ready to move on from him until they get what they feel is necessary and also where they can send him, you know, where they want him to go. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo conversation is going to continue and it just keeps rolling on. That's part of the reason I was you know, wanting to talk about this is the Jimmy Garoppolo Trey Lance thing is not going anywhere. This is something that the conversation is going to continue until some things happen. Either Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer a San Francisco 49er or Trey Lance gets outright named the starting quarterback. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is willing to name Trey Lance the starting quarterback uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster. Because you want to make the kid go earn it. You want him to go out there and have to push himself. To be that guy um, I'm going to take a quick second right here though as you can see the thumbnail up there for the schedule release the schedule release is going to be tomorrow and so you're going to want to hop over with us we're going to go live me and Alex are going to be talking about the schedule release all the ins and outs of where the 49ers are going to be playing all the primetime games we're going to be talking about those matchups what it means for San Francisco and potentially um, you know who's going to win those games we can start getting into the W&L uh, situations with what the 49ers record could look like than likely we're going to be wrong but you know it's fun to talk about and start to think about but i also want to talk about terrell owens uh because terrell owens has a a few little things to say about debo samuel um debo samuel is you know apparently talked to terrell owens about his situation with the san francisco 49ers and during that conversation uh to says it was very unfortunate the reason behind the rift between the 49ers and Debo Samuel. He said he wouldn't talk about that rift until Debo Samuel was willing to do so himself. Um, a little bit of restraint from Terrell Owens. I was kind of surprised as Terrell Owens wasn't, you know, willing to spill the tea as it would be, but was willing to take a step back. Now he did give a little bit of insight later on when he's being asked in the conversation. He says that uh, he sh- that Debo Samuel should get paid fair market value. Uh, and what's up 49ers breakdown? How's it going? Um, I, I fair market value. So it's it's gotta be something about the 49ers' initial offer. We had heard a list a little bit of rumors that maybe he was very underwhelmed They're not excited about the 49ers uh first offer. Maybe he felt disrespected by it. But with Debo Samuel not getting moved, with Debo Samuel, you know, making his push to get traded or at least create some sort of leverage on the 49ers, with that being gone it appears that this relationship can now be mended. Uh, so whatever was done before, I'm sure, you know, the conversation at least picked up because of the trade requests. They're probably farther along. But who would have ever thought that we could sit back and say, you know what, Terrell Owens shows restraint. Terrell Owens is a guy that shows restraint. Uh, yeah, uh, Bomber T's not having it. He says T.O.'s, you know, blowing some stuff. Uh, potentially, you know, you, you don't know. But I think this is one of those things that the 49ers, uh, you know, are are doing it the right way. You know, they they looked at the situation. They looked what was going on with Debo Samuel, and they just said straight up, Debo made his move, and we're just going to sit quiet. We're going to sit back. If people call. We're going to listen. But we're not planning on trading Debo Samuel. They didn't blink. The 49ers never blinked in this situation. They never Uh, let anyone think that they were going to trade Debo Samuel. The only people that thought the 49ers were going to trade Debo Samuel were other people outside the organization. Right now, the only people that think Trey Lance isn't ready could be the people outside of the organization. The only people that thought that Mac Jones was going to be a San Francisco 49er last year were people outside the organization uh, this is a consistent thing with the San Francisco 49ers because they don't give anything and they don't let their stances be known consistently on players, on contract talks, um, trade talks. Then people go ahead and fill the void with whatever they believe. And you start hearing all these things about inside sources. Um, yeah. HR says it doesn't matter if he isn't ready, get him effing ready. Um He's going to get, he's going to be ready. Trey Lance is, is where I'm HR. I think you're referring to Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to be ready. I think Trey Lance is going to be ready to go. I think he's going to be um, very explosive this year. I'm excited to see how much better he is from training camp last year to training camp this year. From what I saw in his improvements, just from Arizona to Houston was drastic. Trey Lance is going to be able to pick this up. I love what, you know, what the 49ers did as far as bringing Trey Lance into the building um, I, I like the fact that they were willing to go get their quarterback. We may never pick at 12 again. We got to go get our guy right now while we have the opportunity. And they took a chance and they did it. And so so maybe, potentially, you know, the 49ers are going to be able to to bring their guys in. Um, and 49ers Breakdown says, I think the 49ers got to do something about Debo's contract prior to the season or we might be playing with fire. But how with Jimmy's contract on the books, a lot to figure out still. Yeah, there could be a lot to figure out 49ers Breakdown. When it comes down to it the 49ers consistently have been bringing these guys in for contract extensions right before training camp happens uh you know charlie or i'm sorry uh george kittle before training camp happens fred warner a little bit earlier than george kittle they were closer on numbers we know kittle was trying to set the market um for tight ends but the 49ers have showed a way to handle this and i think that's what their plan is with debo samuel now when they reach an extent work out an extension there is potential for them to be able to lower Debo Samuel's cap hit this season. So it might not actually do anything to his rookie pay scale this year besides bring it down by paying him a, a, uh, a signing bonus. So I, I think that there is ways to go ahead and get Debo Samuel under contract for the 49ers. But the 49ers know if they aren't able to reach a contract extension with Debo Samuel, they can franchise tag him. They haven't been using the franchise tag in the past but they definitely could um lou says regardless if trey's a long-term answer or not one thing we do know and i'm sorry this thing skipped on me we got some we got comments coming in i really appreciate that but i want to get to to lose comment here second everybody he said the thing we do know is jimmy g is not if we need to evaluate the quarterback position again so so be it but all jimmy g does is complicate Trey's potential I think they planned on moving on from from Jimmy Garoppolo. Circumstance didn't allow that to happen. So what they're doing right now is trying to navigate the best way to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, all the while doing what's best for their football team. And I think that the easy answer was to go ahead and cut him, but they don't want to lose that $8 million. That insurance policy is really putting a little bit of a crimp into the 49ers plan. Uh, The surgery did it first, so they weren't able to trade him. And now there's that. So the four years are running into obstacles on how to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, it was brought up earlier by Paul. They just don't want Jimmy Garoppolo to end up in the Pacific Northwest playing for the Seattle Seahawks. They would love to send Jimmy Garoppolo to the AFC. If they can't do that, can we send him to the New York giants? Can we send him to Carolina? Um, I think they're, they're looking for a place, a nice landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. But if that landing spot is not there, they're not willing to let him move on to Seattle uh, moving, letting him move on to Seattle. If, you know, if it comes after he's able to clear weight uh, injury, uh, his physical, then potentially it makes more sense because you don't lose that $8 million, but you could not lose that eight. And then, and then go ahead and move on from him and let him head on up to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Olivia says, have, have you ever seen so much uh, microscopic picking of a quarterback who's young and needing reps I don't know, but I don't think there's ever been a media presence like there is currently. Um, now, more than ever, everyone you know, is getting into media. And so I think everyone that has a microphone, everyone that gets put in front of a camera, um, definitely likes to you know, talk about these players. Um, so the heightened you know, amount of attention towards players is definitely uh, going crazy. And Trey Lance is one of those guys that's ex- experiencing that. Um, some of that goes with playing in San Francisco, though where quarterback play has been something that's, you know, so important to the 49ers organization for years, where, whether it was, you know, Joe Montana, Steve Young, um, Jeff Garcia, Alex Smith. Um, Alex Smith was was picked to death. And without Jim Harbaugh, Alex Smith would probably be saw in a negative light here in San Francisco, where now at least we have positive feelings about what was our first overall pick. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, it seems like everyone gets criticized. That's kind of the nature of the beast right now. Uh, sometimes it's unfortunate because Trey does just need an opportunity to learn. He does need an opportunity to get better. Um, but in San Francisco, you don't always have that opportunity because they want you to win football games. Um, <laughs> J- dude, uh, dude Man Bro Dog said Jimmy should trade his salary next year to Debo. Uh, I think that, you know, as part of Jimmy Garoppolo's current salary, the way that it's, you know, worked out right now, I think they would love to go that that void to go towards Debo Samuel and to go towards Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is another looming contract. They did exercise his fifth year option which means he's going to make roughly $16 million coming up uh, which is more affordable in the fifth year than it will be to sign him to his contract extension but that contract will need to get done potentially next year. I'm sure they'd like to do that because every year you don't get a deal done with Nick Bosa or an edge rusher in the NFL of his level then you run the risk of the money getting ridiculous and I think Nick Bosa is going to want over $30 million. His brother got close to $30 million. Um, so I think that there's a lot of money to be spent there, and the 49ers are going to have to find ways to get that money to them. Um, 49ers Breakdown says, in addition, they could potentially cut Sermon to free up money. I believe they got to do something with Debo. I fear Debo holding out before he plays on the franchise tag. He's already shown uh, volatility. The problem 49ers Breakdown with him holding out is he has no leverage. He has no money. Uh, he's on a rookie pay scale. Uh, the Debo Samuel just hasn't made that much money in his career to be able to incur the fines from the CBA. The CBA that was you know worked out from the players' union in the NFL, they get fined a lot of money for not showing up to practice. I don't think Debo Samuel could hold out and make that work if the 49ers were steadfast on the belief that they wouldn't want to pay him. There you go. Uh, 49ers Breakdown says, and it's solid. He doesn't uh, regurgitate other talking points. He speaks his truth. Thank you, 49ers Breakdown. I really do appreciate that. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to you know, talk about it from my point of view, uh, read into what the 49ers try to do, and try to give their point of view as well. But no, I, I don't really pay attention as much to what other people say. I will listen to some people. Um, there are people's opinions that I value in the 49ers sphere, like uh, John Chapman. I think he does a really good job. Um, you know, And I on occasion, will listen to Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker. Uh, but really, when it comes down to it, I'm trying to have my own opinions on the 49ers because we all have our own opinions on the 49ers. Uh, Philip says, I'm not afraid of sending Garoppolo to Seattle. He's no Russell Wilson. We'll still beat them twice this year. I think you're right, Philip. You know, I think in the grand scheme of things, you're not worried about Jimmy Garoppolo being in Seattle because I believe the 49ers can win as well. But if you don't have to have that opportunity for him to go there with his understanding of Kyle Shanahan's offense and how Kyle Shanahan wants to use certain players and certain levels and the way that he attacks, you know, the scheme that Pete Carroll likes to employ. Uh, I think that you just avoid that situation. If you can, uh, if you can avoid it, then then you go ahead and, and you do it. So I, I think I, I believe I'm with you on that. Phillip, 100% 49ers can beat Seattle twice with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback, that front seven would be able to get after him in a big way because just like he knows the 49ers, they know him as well. So that does make a lot of sense right there. And um, hey, and then Bomberti says, hey, Ant, can Bosa be franchise tag? Yes. So uh, he'll play through this year. This will be his fourth year under contract. Next year he would be on a fifth-year you know, uh, contract as part of his, um, a, part of his a rookie deal um, since they exercised that option. And then if he did not come to an agreement with the 49ers, they could sit there and go ahead and, and hit him with the franchise tag. That is something that can happen. That would make sure that he's here at least for a sixth year uh, and also start if he's exclusive rights. I mean, that's two first round picks to be able to sign him away from the 49ers. I think they would love to work out a contract extension, but that would, that's probably going to be next off season before his fifth year ever happens. Um, thank you, Donald for that as well. Uh, concurring with the 49ers breakdown and giving Alex some love too. Alex does a great job as well. Um, so I love that, that he's getting put there. Um, Rathman. That Rathman that like button from 49ers breakdown. Appreciate that. Uh who doesn't like? I'm Rathman. Tom Rathman was fantastic. So well done 49ers breakdown. Um in fact, Paul Saunders was wearing a Rathman jersey to our draft party. That was fantastic. I love the jersey. Tom Rathman is my favorite fullback from the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Uchek is is very fun to watch, but Rathman was one of those guys that uh he did it, you know, he was one of those guys that did it at a high level before anyone uh, that was a fullback was doing the things that he was doing a uh, couple of the fact, with they used to call him Woody. Cause he looked like Woody Harrelson. I, I kind of like that. Um, Olivia says he puts in the work. The kid will unlock this offense. He definitely can. Uh, you're, you're, you're definitely right because he has the big arm. He has the ability to go outside the numbers. He has the ability, you know, to throw the ball down the field, those types of things will stretch the defense vertically. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense already stretches them horizontally, and it'll be stretched even farther horizontally with him being able to exercise you know, the outside-the-number throws. The thing is, with Trey Lance, he needs to be able to operate over the middle of the field. That's something he's going to get better at. I have full faith in, in Kyle Shanahan, uh, Brian Greasy, and this regime to get him to where he needs to get. But it's going to take a little bit of time to, for him to get there, and we've got to be patient. The thing with him is to make sure when he's throwing those footballs over the middle that he locates safeties who are running the robber situation, making it look like something else, then trickling into that area for the interception. That's number one. Number two, high passes. Just make sure you don't throw it high over the middle. If you throw it high, it can be picked off. Everyone that's watched the 49ers for years knows uh, that that's something that definitely does happen from time to time. And with the fact that Trey Lance throws with such velocity, Uh, The opportunity for tip balls to be able to be picked off by safeties um, and corners in the middle of the field is something that can definitely happen. Uh, Olivia says, reminds me of Elway with Kyle's dad, the rollouts and the waggles. Yep. Yep. You're on point on that brother. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think that Elway is, is, was one of those spectacular players, uh, but never really had the full success that he had until he got with Shanahan. Uh, Shanahan definitely unlocked his potential. Shanahan tried to get uh, Steve Young famously after Steve Young was trying to come back from the concussions and the Fort Nash were wanting to move on. Steve Young almost ended up with Denver as a successor to John Elway. Um, but John Elway and, and Trey Lance comp as far as, I mean, if he has that kind of arm strength, I know Trey has tremendous amounts of arm strength. Cause I seen it, but if he has John Elway arm strength, he definitely throws it as hard as John Elway. So um, it's, it's one of those things where he, I think he's going to continue to get better. We're just on a little bit of a waiting game and I want to see the improvement. How much has Trey improved in this off season where he's been working his butt off? That's the one thing I can say about Trey Lance. He's not resting. He's out there working, which I love. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping at some point we do see Debo Samuel working with Trey Lance during the off season. I think we will. Um, so I'm waiting for that. Um, let's see. Um, One thing Trey has to learn is when running is to slide. I think he will, uh, Donald. I I think he will learn to slide at times, learn to protect himself. There is something about a young player, especially a young player that in college was able to run people over. With his tremendous size, he was able to run people over, get extra yards, and not really take a beating. But I do believe you're right. I think if he doesn't learn that in the NFL, and I think he did learn because he got absolutely stopped at the goal line against Arizona. I think that was somewhat of a wake-up call. Like, you can't always run physically in the NFL. At times, you can. There will be times he can finish runs and, and be able to get into the end zone or get a first down uh, And by putting his head down and really getting those yards. But most of the time, he's going to have to be cautious. He's going to have to get down, protect himself. Because if you're quarterback one, you don't want Nate Sutfeld tr- trotting onto the field. You want to be out there every single snap. I think that's what he's going to try to do. Uh, Uncle Rob says, Rathman, my time fave, number 44. I love that. Um, Uncle Rob, also a Nebraska fan, so uh, that makes a lot of sense going on there. And uh, T says, if Trey can't develop touch for those short passes, we are in trouble. I think the touch is going to come with time because with all things, if you know where people are going to be and you can throw with anticipation, you don't have to absolutely hurl the ball the way that he does. Uh, I think that that was one of the things that bugged me at times about Colin Kaepernick was Colin Kaepernick wasn't even throwing into a tight window and he would absolutely throw a laser shot. And you're like, you didn't have to throw it that far. If you'd have thrown with anticipation and led the player, it would have been a more catchable football. That was something that Joe and Steve did at all time level. And that's something that John Elway and Dan Marino learned through time. I think that Trey Lance right now has to throw with velocity to be able to get the ball there while he's still trying to learn how to understand this offense. But I think he's getting a mastery of this offense continually. Um, Matt Ryan didn't understand Kyle Shanahan's offense fully until year two. Trey Lance will have an uptick in that. Am I expecting him to understand the ins and outs of Kyle Shanahan's complicated offense right now? No. Am I expecting him to have a very good grip on the 49ers offense? Yes. And I think that's what we got to understand. There's going to be a full grip... uh, you know, a, a full opportunity for Trey Lance to continue to grip this offense and he's going to get better and better. And you're probably going to see a lot of growth during the season, which I'm going to love. So I think that right now we just got to have tempered expectations for Trey, you know, ignore the things going on out there, the 4,500 yards, the 30 touchdowns, the 10 touchdowns rushing, uh, just ignore that noise right now and have an, a a good way to handle it. It's just let's let's let Trey learn, Let's let Trey do his thing, and and when it all pans out, Trey Lance is going to be a good quarterback for the 49ers. Um, Olivia says, hey, humble cap. Said he wants coaching on his delivery. Lance consults with others on his craft. Yeah. Uh, So I, I think that Trey Lance is trying to get better at all aspects of the game. That's something that he's trying to do. That's something he always does. And the way that the NFL is built now, every single one of these players go and work with specialists. If you're a defensive back, you're working with a defensive back coach during the offseason. You're checking in with your coaching staff, but you're working with other guys. You're learning from other players. You're learning tidbits. You know, George Kittle and them do uh, Titan University, and everyone's trying to learn from each other. Everyone is trying to get an edge up, an advantage, and you see that continually. And I think Trey Lance is no different. One of these young cats, I mean, he's only, what, 22 years old, 21 years old? Uh, He's a young guy. He's going to get better and better, we just have to kind of give him that time. Um, Paul Saunders says, hey, there was a few times in the Texas game that Trey hit short passes. He did. Um, Trey Lance at times was willing to hit checkdowns, which I love. I think that there are, that's another thing that we need to remember is there's a difference between hitting a, a shorter pass on schedule and allowing your player to run underneath a coverage scheme and a checkdown. I think that Trey did both in the Texans game. Sometimes he hit those guys, allowed them to operate in the open field, which he did a really good job at. Um, but then there were times, and this is the growth part, Arizona, not a lot of check downs, not a lot of hitting guys underneath after the play didn't work out after he went through his progressions, and there wasn't somebody there. I think those are things he can learn from. The The other thing that was nice was if you watch the Arizona game uh all the way through, you're going to find that there was many times where Trey Lance missed open receivers in normal rhythm. He just didn't recognize coverage. Uh, often went the opposite way of the play design. And I think those were things he was going to learn. But if you go back and watch the Texans game, you see those improvements. He started to hit some of those routes. Um, instead of missing Kyle check when he had trips to the right by looking left, he went ahead and started finding those guys. So I think that's an exciting part of it. You see that maturation process and that growth. Uh, Paul Saunders says, it's so exciting to see him strive for excellence and know we won't have to just have a game manager there is not a game manager bone in Trey Lance's body. This guy is willing to take shots down the field. He's willing to give it an effort and to try. I think there are times when he's going to have to res- be reserved, when he's going to have to show restraint, uh, and he will have to check down and, and take the open guy instead of taking the big shot, but I do believe he can do that. I really do like, I really do like his development that I saw so far. Small sample size. But we got to remember that it's an it's a extremely small sample size, but I'm excited about that potential. I'm excited about what Trey Lance can do. So that's a good point, Paul. Uh, uh, let's see. You don't have many young quarterbacks getting the wide receivers to work with him. Good leadership skills. We just let him lean on him for the job. Yeah, I mean, it is a good point. I mean, Brandon, the cool thing is, Brandon Ayuk has consistently worked with Trey since last year. They worked for the same agency during the offseason. So there's a natural chemistry there. Uh, Debo Samuel was in the midst of a business type deal. So he's not going to be around Trey Lance right now. That's just not good business. At some point it will happen. At some point it will happen. And 49ers Foggy says, I want to see Lance to gray connection. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. I can tell you right now, there are going to be opportunities for Danny gray down the field and opportunities for Danny gray on slants and intermediate routes where Trey Lance is going to get him the football. and He's going to make something happen. But the fear of Trey Lance to Danny Gray is real. Don't, don't, don't be going to get it twisted. Uh, these NFC West teams are looking at the Danny Gray acquisition in the draft and saying to themselves, oh, my gosh, like we got to worry about a deep threat for the 49ers because Danny Gray is that guy. He's a guy that can win on the outside, but he can also win in the, in the slot. And I think that's where he's going to be tasked with playing at times. You're going to move him around and then let him get a absolute running start. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's really cool um let's see paul saunders says trey to gray via wayne breezy there you go well done wayne breezy coming up with trey to gray very solid uh hr says trey will find danny gray on the short cross and it's going to the house you could be right i mean i can definitely envision that hr because danny gray is not a guy that slows down that's the cool thing about Ayuk, debo danny gray ray Ray mcleod juan jennings None of them. I mean, absolutely none of them slow down to catch the football. And if you put George Kittle in that, you have another guy, six guys in this 49ers offense at the receiver room that don't slow down to catch the football. Uh, I think you're going to see an advancement from the running back position as far as catching the football. Elijah Mitchell developed last year. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. You know, is a guy that can definitely do that. We've seen him take it to the house. So I think Trey Lance is going to have weapons. And as long as he can, go on schedule and make those throws like you're talking about that short cross. It, it could be dynamic. I mean, that's the thing. Danny gray, he can house call. We have that speed. Now at that position, at the wider receiver position, something we were lacking last season is no longer, you know, a problem for the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm really, really excited about that. You mean, we might not face a stack box. We might have some whooping in the middle. Woo. Uh, Paul, you're yeah, I think so. I think, once brandon because i do believe brandon Ayuk is going to be a part of taking the top off the defense we've seen debo samuel have a couple big plays from trey lance last year really able to get the ball down the field to him so i think that danny gray and uh brandon Ayuk are both going to do that but gray especially with the four three speed I think you're going to have those situations. And because you have that worry of Danny Gray going down the field, it's going to open up other things as well. The crossers like HR brought up are going to be fun, Uh, but these guys are going to be able to create a lot of situations for playmakers in the middle of the field, which also means, like you said, if there's no stacked boxes, that running game can get going at a higher level. If all of a sudden Trey Lance is seeing second and fives, second and sixes, those are way better situations uh, because then when you get to third down, maybe it's third and two, third and one, those are convertible situations. That's what you like. Uh, Olivia says, the speed of the game is that thing that comes with chemistry with your wide receivers. Lance just needs to get them reps. You are right. The, The speed of the game is something that every single player has to get used to, especially with every advancement. You're going from high school to college. There's a speed difference. You're going from college to the pros, a speed difference. And then you also have to develop that chemistry and speed with the players on your own team knowing how they're going to be in certain spots, how they run their routes, you know how they get separation, and then you've gotta be able to get the ball to them on time and on schedule. All those things are something that just comes from working together consistently, and it comes from understanding the offense. If you understand this offense, and you know that when my back foot hits, I've got one hitch and I'm releasing the football, and you can count on that receiver to be there. Uh, that was one of the things Jimmy Garoppolo said last year about Mohamed Sanu, he could count on him to be there. And I think that is something that you get from veteran-wide receivers that these young guys are going to have to learn. Um, Donald John said, will we see Trey to Trey this year? Or I, I think that Trey Sermon is an interesting person, a uh, player on this team, Donald, because Trey Sermon didn't fit the normal mold of what San Francisco 49ers like to do. Ty Davis Price fits what the 49ers like to do. He's going to be able to have that patience in the interior. I do believe they're similar players, When it comes to Trey Sermon, there's some development that needs to happen there. But I do think there are situations, you can put Trey Sermon in the shotgun in certain situations, and he'll be able to handle working with Trey Lance uh, in certain read option situations. His jump cut ability is pretty good, and he is a big physical back. So I am curious to see how they use him in preseason and in training camp and see if potentially there's still an avenue for him to be able to do something you know, for the San Francisco 49ers. And Lou says and off topic a little bit, but speaking of coaches, what do you make of Scangarello noise, if at all, and Greasy coming on board? Um, I think that's a, a really good conversation right there, Lou, because I think when it comes down to it, um, with Skangarello Scangarello, Scangarello is making some comments. Uh, we know that he took an offensive coordinator job, and I think he honestly would have loved to have moved up for the San Francisco 49ers. I think he wanted Kyle Shanahan, you know, to give him that that offensive coordinator job when Mike McDaniel left, uh, maybe even the run game coordinator job, but he didn't Kyle Shanahan decided that that wasn't a way that he wanted to go. And so Skangarello's comments, I've read them. Uh, and I think that Scangarello is making comments in it. That sound more like he's a, a believer in a Jimmy Garoppolo style of quarterback, a quarterback that gets the ball on schedule, gets the, you know, the guy, of the football. So you automatically, a lot of times believe it's negative towards Trey Lance. However, if you're somebody like Kyle Shanahan and he believes that Trey Lance can do those things that Jimmy Garoppolo can do, get the ball at on schedule, complete passes at 70%, which I mean everyone wants, every single NFL team in the league wants that, then if you have that big arm and you have that athletic ability, then you have an elite quarterback. Um so I think that when it comes down to it, it may not have been all the conversation about Trey Lance uh, but about what you're ultimately looking for in a quarterback in the NFL, and maybe what he also thinks, Scangarello, what he believes. Uh, Scangarello had one year as a as a NFL court, uh, offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos with Drew Locke, uh, Drew Locke's best season, as it would be, but he got fired and he didn't last there. So I I think that Greasy coming on board is a little bit more about the experience of playing the quarterback position in the NFL, where Scangarello maybe doesn't see it from that that area. Um, he sees it for a different point of view where greasy can help with the, the mental part of it about understanding when you're in the midst of the fire and experiencing, you know, all the bullets coming your way from the defense, um, how you operate and when they're doing certain things, what you need to do. So I think that's where greasy adds. Um, M Turner, latest wide receiver, pickup, up wide back gadget player. Maybe uh, are you talking about Calvin Turner or are you talking, are you talking about Malik Turner? Um, I think that, I keep talking about, or uh, we keep talking about Calvin Turner, the coming in from Hawaii. Calvin Turner is a guy that is a wide back potential because he plays. I mean, he started his college career as a cornerback, became a quarterback, and then when he went to Hawaii, became a, a running back wide receiver combo. He's a guy that's exciting. I think he's coming in Friday. I didn't see if he signed. If he did, um, let me know in chat, and and that'll be really cool. Uh, so I'm 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 excited to kind of talk about him because I I would love to see him you will know, be able to potentially uh, do something on this 90-man roster. Uh, David Green said, this is going to be the best Shanahan 49ers we've seen yet. Yeah, it could be. Uh, and well done, uh, David, over from Facebook, really appreciate that. It could be a good situation for Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's been looking for this kind of a quarterback, a quarterback that can do all the things and run his offense to its full potential. He now has a guy with the physical traits and potentially the mental uh, capabilities to do it. He's never had a guy with this much athletic ability um, and talent in one guy. I mean, he had Matt Ryan, but he's a stationary target. You know, he, he's had, he had um, RG3, but RG3, you know, wasn't as much of a pocket quarterback. They had to use his running, he had to use his legs. So potentially, Trey Lance is all that rolled into one, but we don't know yet. We have to let the kid learn. And But potentially, if Trey Lance is ready to go, and mentally he's, he's got this offense on lock, yeah, you're going to see this thing blow up. I mean, these guys could really, really get it done. Uh, so that's a, good, that's a good one, David. I like that. Um, Lou says, any validity to the Scangarello noise? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Um, and I really don't think that they care what he thought anyways. Um, Kyle Shannon never let anyone on, in on his decision besides John Lynch, uh, Skangarello included. Skangarello did go and watch Trey Lance throw at his second pro day, um, but he wasn't even the one running the, running the stuff. Uh, it, it wasn't about him. It, it was about Kyle Shanahan and what he wanted to see. And uh, it was about John Beck. John Beck was the one that put the script together. He's the one that worked with Trey Lance and gave Kyle Shanahan the information that uh, Kyle Shanahan needed to go ahead and make his draft pick. But we all know Kyle Shanahan was already leaving Justin Fields Pro Day, throwing um, a place for what he was going to do with Trey Lance. Uh, Bob Martisa Sermon, is Anthony Lynn's kind of running back? I think we'll see some improvement. Uh, it, he does seem to fit what Anthony Lynn wants. Um, But this is also not Anthony Lynn's offense. This is Kyle Shanahan's offense. So they're going to be doing the things that Kyle Shanahan wants them to do. And they drafted him, and Bobby Turner was working with him on becoming a one-cut-and-go guy. He has the physical traits to be able to do it. just hasn't done it yet. That's why it was a head-scratching move when it happened, because he didn't fit the scheme. He didn't fit what the 49ers want to do. And so I think that there needs to be some development there. There's a lot of potential in Trey Sermon. Uh, He's not a bad running back. He's a good running back. He has nice feel. He has good vision. Uh, the, he doesn't have the straight ahead speed. He doesn't have the speed to run the outside zone consistently. But he could fit in a gap scheme if he's able to become a one-cut-and-go guy. And he could definitely uh, fit in a you know a inside zone scheme. What is up, Android user? How's it going? Uh, Great to see Coach Ant with his own show with a different look. Thanks, Android user. I really do appreciate that. Donald Johnson says, did the Niners really pick up Turner? Last I heard, he was coming in for a visit and was just going to another team for a visit. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard that either, Donald Johnson, so I'm not sure on that. Uh, I do know that they were interested in bringing him in. He was also going to be going to work out with Baltimore. I did say if he comes into the building, don't let him leave. Uh, I do think he fits what the 49ers want to do, so that's what I would I would definitely uh, want to see is them bring him in because I think he would be an exciting player on this 90-man roster. The ability to play running back, wide receiver, something Kyle Shannon values, but also the emphasis on special teams. Now you would have another return guy, a guy that's very dynamic with 4-4 four, four speed. That could potentially help you there if Ray-Ray McLeod doesn't work out, Ray-Ray McLeod gets hurt, whatever. That way you're not turning back to Brandon Ayuk uh, and potentially Omri Thomas because Omri Thomas did it a little bit as well and he has some of that ability. Um, what's up, Sac Francisco? Uh, says, yeah, I got my Madden roster mirrored to the real team, close AF. Well, wow. John, and I know you sent that on Twitter. I'm going to have to go check that out uh, well done, San Francisco. Mirroring the roster already, I love that. Getting his Madden ready, getting it ready to go, I, I love that. Um, how about the depth at DB? Finally, love it. Yeah, I'm loving the DB depth, and I think that the addition of of Jason Vrett late was something that needed to happen. But Jason Vrett coming in there now changes the whole thought process of this defensive back group. Uh, this corner group is absolutely fantastic. I'm loving it. I think the only question now is the second safety, but if they're feeling very comfortable with Tarbarius Moore and the development of Talonohu Fonga, and they have some belief in George Odom, they might not go with the Jaquiski Tar. They, they might not have been willing to address that safety room, but the, the cornerback room has depth all over the place. Um, they're going to keep six cornerbacks on this team. I wonder who those six are going to be, because they have veterans all over the place, and they have some really good young rookie players uh, that have been developing. Oh, what does Stan? Oh, Lou's asking about Stan. So when it comes to the merch and the Stan, there's all the conversation all throughout the year. Uh, if you've ever heard of Eminem, you know that there's a, a Stan is like his biggest fan. He writes to him all the time. Uh, he's like his number one fan. Well, when it came down to it last year, people were Jimmy Stans. If they were just all about Jimmy, I uh, didn't care about anyone else, or they were Trey Stans. Famously, I made the statement on a show. Uh, I don't care. I'm, I'm not a Jimmy Stan. I'm not a Trey Stan. I'm a 49er Stan. Uh, so that's that's where you get the shirt. It's something that kind of relates to what was going on all over Twitter and then with the 49ers. Um, let's see. Did I miss something? Oh, Jason Poe. Okay, yeah, Jason Poe. Uh, potentially, Jason, Jason Poe could come in and play some sort of athletic role for the 49ers, uh, a different position than, than offensive line. I don't know for sure. He moves well at 300 pounds. If they're expecting him to be a skill player, he needs to lose weight. Uh, that will also help him get faster, create more mobility, uh, and he'll still be able to be an explosive blocker against linebackers and you know second and third level players. But he needs that to be able to be more athletic. I think if he's playing offensive line, he needs to put on a little bit more size, uh, but he's a great puller. He's somebody that's probably one of the most interesting guys to watch. David Green says, TDP brings an explosion to the line that Mitchell and Sermon just don't have. Um, with With TDP, I really enjoy... His patience when he gets into the fray of the offensive line, the way he's able to feel so comfortable uh, in his surroundings. I I like that about him. He's patient. He's very physical to finish runs. But with Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell's vision and able to go through these little tiny small holes is something I like. He's a downhill runner, which means he likes to get vertical quick, that one cut and go thing. I think Elijah Mitchell and TDP are actually a nice complement for each other, so I like that. Uh, Paul Saunders says, we have some great depth all the way around camp battles are going to be interesting yeah, I'm loving camp battles. I think that's going to be so good. Uh, it's it's going to be so much fun. Um, uh, <laughs> uh Coach Ant looked like he had some 420 partake. Uh, well, well played there. Uh, Android user, does Shanny give the assistant coaches the freedom to try different schemes on offense? Now that we've lost McDaniel, Bobby Turner, maybe Anthony Lincoln help Sermon and Hasty shine. Um, he doesn't give them a opportunity to try different schemes. The different scheme or something that is maybe uh, fit within the scheme of what Kyle Shanahan wants to do will actually come from Chris Forrester, who's the running back coach. uh, I'm sorry, the the run game coordinator. The run game coordinator is something that could definitely um, have some sort of an influence, but when it comes down to it, these coaches know you're doing what Kyle Shanahan wants to do on offense and defense. Even uh, even, uh, D'Amico Ryans, he's doing the defense – But he's doing it as a part of Kyle Shanahan's plan. The head coach is the ultimate CEO. He's the one that determines what all coaches do. Now, he could give them freedom to be able to bring things up to him. And we do know Mike McDaniel said Kyle Shanahan is collaborative. Um, That means he listens to what his coaches has to say. So I think that is something that, you know, he will listen to them. But they will not be able to influence scheme unless that's something he wants. I think he would listen to them. We know that in 2019 they ran... More gap scheme than Kyle Shannon had ever ran before. And it worked because people are trying to take away his outside zone. So potentially his scheme can fluctuate um, by personnel, what defense they're going against. But no, they don't have the ability to just dictate scheme to uh, do different things as far as developing players. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan would sign off on that. If Anthony Lynn went to him and said, hey, I got this particular drill or this particular way that I want to approach Trey Sermon because I think he's going to get better, um, then they would they would definitely do that. Uh let's see. Good vision and I'll wait on his blockers. Yeah, I like that. Good, good one there. Um is, I think one of the corners is the most likely being looked at as a potential safety. It could be. With the amount of corners they have, they could potentially roll one of those guys over. Maybe Dante Johnson is that guy with the experience to be able to play safety last year. Uh, that showing that mentality, being able to do both, is something that's very impressive. Um, Ronnie Montoya says, "When is the cutoff date for decisions on Ford, Mac, Jimmy G?" What Jimmy G? I mean, and in fact, for all of them, there's there's really no there's really no cutoff date right now. The Ford Niners are currently under the salary cap. We know they have to sign their. Their draft picks which will come up at some point but there's no cutoff date for it. i think more than likely you're going to get some decisions on ford and mac uh, after june 1st i think with jimmy g you're going to it's going to be well into july because in july that's when he can finally clear uh, his physical and, and be cleared to be able to be cut um i'm sure teams will call about him once he is cleared and, and ready for them to check his medical so i think those are things that are going to come up but really there's no timetable on them uh, the 49ers don't really need to move on for any of them. Ford has already restructured his contract, and we just don't know what's going to happen with Mac. So I can't tell you there's a timetable, but I would say if you're going to watch a date, I would say June 1st for Ford and Mac uh, would be the first time that I think you could uh, start to pay attention. David Grease says, how do you feel about Treder if Mack decides to retire? I would love for the 49ers to be able to bring in J.C. Treader. Uh, it's a guy that plays at an all-pro caliber level. We know that Kyle Shanahan prefers to have veteran centers. My question is, at what money are they going to be able to do it? Um, if they're able to free up the money from Jimmy Garoppolo, potentially they could be able to get J.C. Treder. The one pause I have is J.C. Tretter has talked about how he believes NFL contracts should be fully guaranteed. If he's expecting to get a fully guaranteed contract, the 49ers might shy away from bringing him in, um, but he would be a, a nice choice, and I think that the 49ers – um, you know, maybe should go that route because he would definitely, you know, establish things for that offensive line because he's, he's really good at what he does. Um, Andrew, you just says, can we afford the draft picks if, if we don't move Jimmy? Um, not right now. Not right now. We can't, but potentially, um, they could work out something uh, and, and get it done. Um, yeah, and, and I think that multi purse player use the 49ers way. Yeah, exactly. That's how the 49ers use players. Um, they use them in a multitude of ways and they just keep bringing on guys. Uh, Olivia says the assistant coach has ties to Kyle's pops and played in the system too. I think we're about to see a different offense, mobile pocket passer. Uh, we could, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that development. Uh, Philip says, "Like your new format at concentrated analysis." Thank you so much, Philip. I really do appreciate that. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying doing the show. I'm enjoying interacting with everyone in chat. It's been a lot of fun. We started a little bit with some of the things that are going on, and now we're just interacting with chat, which I really enjoy because. You guys have so many great things to talk about. I'm loving it. Uh, Donald says, Donald says, Android, yeah, if you send a piggy bank. (laughs) Yeah, maybe the foreigners are just going to dig into their piggy bank. I like that. (laughs) It would help. Uh, Paul says, it would seem with all the draft and undrafted free agents that have the ability to play center, I don't think uh, Trader's coming. He potentially might not. And, you know, that's the thing. We've been talking about this. Jake Brendel uh, is a guy that's on, on the roster right now, and he's a guy that could potentially play if Alex Mack decided to retire. In fact, I think that would be the leading candidate right now. We know there's a lot of conversation about Daniel Brunskill. However, I do believe Brendel would be the leader in the clubhouse. And then I'm keeping an eye on Nick Zakel, um, the draft pick uh, that they got this year from Fordham. I think he's going to move to center. I think he has the ability to start in this league at the center position. In fact, I think he's highly intelligent. He's going to be able to handle everything that gets thrown his way. Uh, I liked his skill set, but he has to learn how to play on the interior as a guy that's played tackle his entire college career. There's something to it. We saw snaps of him inside the red zone. I'm sorry, inside um, the senior bowl, uh, playing inside at the guard spot. And I think he did a really fantastic job. I liked how much development he had even at the senior bowl. And we know he's been working on that since. So the whole draft process, uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. So Uh, Zakel, somebody to keep an eye on, even though I do hope Matt comes back. Ronnie Montoya says, what's the max number of rookies can we get out of the 23 coming in? Um, You're probably not going to get that many. I mean, of course, the draft picks are going to be guys you're going to concentrate on. So I think that right now, uh, potentially, you're going to see, You know, I mean, I guess all nine rookies have a chance. I think um, I would normally take Brock Purdy off that list. I think he's going to be on the practice squad. uh, So I don't think he's going to make it. So I guess the other eight guys... Uh but potentially I could see six, six or seven of the draft picks making the team, and even that's stretching it. Even that is, is stretching it big time. Um, so Android user says, You think Brindle's stock is higher than Brunskill, even though Brunskill started. No, no, no. I don't believe his stock is higher than Brunskill. I believe they want Brunskill to play guard. And because they want Brunskill to play guard for a second year, uh a second full year, because he hasn't done that yet. Um, my belief is that. Right now, they're gonna they're willing to keep Brunskill there and roll with Brindle at center. Uh, it's something that they flirted with a little bit in 2020 when they had injuries at center, and I think that they would continue to do that. So, I think Brunskill is, is one of the guys a mainstay. They want him next to Mike McGlinchey, they don't want that much turnover by moving him to center. The experience would definitely tend to lend towards Brunskill going to center. I just don't think so. I think they're gonna value him as as a guard, and I think. Brendel's a guy that was with the team last year, and potentially he could slide in. They'll see what he can do. And then I think Zakel would push him if Alex Mack does, in fact, retire. I believe it says, you think the NFL should increase the overall roster size with extra games plays? Yes, they should. They, they've already increased the practice squad. They should increase the roster size, uh, I think, when they go to 18 games, because, yes, I believe they will go to 18 games at some point. And when that happens, I believe the roster size will jump to 60 uh, active players for games and i think that they'll you know it'll it'll it's going to really elevate the problem is getting the the players union to agree because then you have to spread up that money of the salary cap among 60 players so the players might not want it to happen because they want their money uh so i think that it's a, a tough thing to navigate adding a second bye week as well as something that's going to happen uh so potentially um david green says does this team make the playoffs? with where we sit right now. Most think we won't have a winning record. I see us dominating with the moves we've made. I don't think there's anything to say, to show that the 49ers don't have the opportunity to make the playoffs. I think the 49ers will make the playoffs. They proved last year um, they can do it. They can finish second in this division for sure. Potential to beat the Rams and finish first. Uh, It all depends on the hiccups with Arizona, but Arizona hasn't proven under Cliff Kingsbury that they can finish off seasons. They start strong and don't finish. So until they prove something, I, I'm not seeing it there. And then you go ahead and you add Seattle to that. Seattle is not taking a huge step forward. In fact, they could have, they've taken a step back without Russell Wilson, which means the 49ers can beat them twice. That is different from last year, which means the 49ers finished with a better record and a better opportunity. I think the 49ers are gonna make the playoffs, but uh, that's early uh, observations. Phillips says, finally, I'm beginning to feel comfortable interior offensive line. Still wish we had trade up for Dylan Parham. Hope Alex Mack stays with us this year. Love Dylan Parham. Dylan Parham was a great football player. Would have loved the 49ers to be able to slide him in. The good news, Phillip, is Spencer Burford and also uh, Nick Zakel are very exciting prospects. Hopefully, we'll get something out of Aaron Banks. Uh, but, yeah, Dylan Parham would have been very nice. And I'm with you on Alex Mack. I hope he comes back. Paul we have the top five toughest schedule in the league. Still hopeful. Yeah, we do, you know, and, and that part of that's playing the AFC West. When you have to play the NFC West and the AFC West, you're probably going to have one of the toughest schedules, but the 49ers can do it. I mean, they have proved last year they can win football games when they're back against the wall. Um, they've went ahead and insulated themselves in some areas, and some areas they got tremendously better. So let, let's see if they can keep that going. I like when the talking heads don't rank you. Yeah, I love it when the national media doesn't look at the 49ers as a potential playoff team. Uh, let them talk their noise. Because that's usually a good thing. I mean, Q Adam Rank and, and his decision to not have the 49ers uh win almost any football games and then they end up in the Super Bowl. So I like that. Uh Lucy, I mentioned that yesterday, but we need a long-term answer at center to pair with Trey, not a Brunskill, Brendel, or Treader short-term fix. Hope you are uh swimming on uh Jaquel Ant. Yeah, I hope I am. And and thank you, Phillip, so much uh for the two dollar uh super chat. I really appreciate that. Um it's it's very nice, and, and that's great. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I really appreciate it and uh, Donald Johnson says Megan who will be the wedding officiant when it's live on TC's channel will it be Aunt?" breaking news you're right Donald it's gonna be me I'm gonna be the officiant oh uh, well done so there you go uh, Cyrus says hey aunt from Cyrus and Brada Frank what's up Cyrus how's it going love that yeah uh, what's up Frank as well uh, good good to, good to hear from you guys uh, welcome to the stream I'm not gonna go that much longer um so everyone you know if you have a question go ahead and leave it i'm gonna i'm gonna stay on here i went over time as it is but i'm gonna stay on for about five more minutes answer any questions that come through i've really been having a good time with this and 40 yard fogies is right uh if you forgot to hit that like button go ahead and hit it right now it's fun uh, olivia says well we will be battle tested you rather play good teams than cream puffs here's an interesting part of this now you do want to play tough teams but you don't want to have the toughest schedule as a, as a former coach, I want to have a mixture of really good opponents to play and some cream puffs, because when you have the cream puffs, you can go ahead and and make sure you work some things out uh, and and work on some things. So you don't want a completely tough schedule because I mean, you're going to take a beating 17 games is a long football season, uh, but I get what you're saying for sure. You do want to play tough teams. You want to be tested. So when you get to the playoffs, you're ready to roll. Uh, The 49ers were basically in playoff, you know, uh, prepare, prepare, uh, preparation. Ooh, almost didn't get that out. Preparation for a long time last year. So they were battle tested and ready to go. Uh, Andrew, do we know who will start at left guard? No, uh, no idea who's going to start at left guard, because I would think the normal observation would be it's Aaron Banks. You drafted Aaron Banks high. You're going to go ahead and slide him in. He's had a full year to learn the offense and, you know, change his body to be able to do what the 49ers want him to do. But I don't know. I think it's going to come down to a battle between him, Colton McKivitz, and I think also Spencer Burford, the new the new rookie. Uh, I think the new rookie out of UTSA is going to come in and compete for that job. And, and we'll see what happens. I think Jalen Moore will stay on the outside. Him and Justin Skuel will will battle for the swing tackle spot. And uh, I think that's what the 49ers are doing right now. But they have a lot of really good. Um, balance their coach. I get you. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where there there's different thought processes on it. Um, but everyone likes to have a, a couple of games, or you can kind of, you know, get your starters out a little bit early, let them rest because it's a long season and it's tough. Uh, but yeah, that's it, it's one of those things that you do want to have those tough games because you want to get better. But you know you're going to have those tough games playing in the NFC West, and you know you're going to have those tough games playing against that absolutely stacked AFC West this year. Those are going to be some tough football games. Warriors are going to have to come out and, and and win the ones that they're expected to win. Can't let any cheap ones get away this year. You got to make sure you take advantage of those. And I guarantee that's going to be Kyle Shanahan's message to them. You win the games that you're supposed to win. Go out there and take care of business on those. That way, when it comes down to those tougher games, and you maybe one of those gets away from you, you know, just like last year, the 49ers should have won against Tennessee. You let that one get away from you. If you didn't let those Seattle games happen and you won those games, then Tennessee game wouldn't have been so heightened. So I think sometimes you, you just got to win the games that you're supposed to win. And then the other ones, you got to do your best to try to win those games. And I think that's how it plays out. Having a tough schedule makes it a little bit harder. Um, you're right. But getting into the playoffs is the ultimate you know, objective. Because once you get in, it's a new season. Anything can happen. And if you're in there, you can make things happen. Uh, let the camp battles begin. Yeah. Let, let, let the camp battles begin. It's going to be an absolutely great season. And, guys, I really appreciate everyone for coming through. It was an absolutely fantastic Cutback Colony. Chat, you guys were live it was great tomorrow is gonna to be the schedule release show hop over to the channel check it out me and Alex gonna be talking about all the moves that are getting made it's gonna be a lot of fun you're not gonna to want to miss that so hop over here we're gonna go live somewhere around five o'clock uh and we're gonna be actually it will be five o'clock and we're gonna be talking about all the all the things that are getting announced all the prime time games that the 40 yards are gonna pick uh be making and playing and so it's gonna be a good time so make sure you guys hop over you guys are all great I really had a great time looking forward to every single cutback colony it was exciting thanks everyone for coming through i'll catch you guys on the next one